2: And that's right, my name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. And uh, there, there's a lot going on in, uh, with respect to uh, the way things are changing. Um, and I always said, uh, you know, when we talk about Cloward and Piven and we talk about uh, the destruction of our republic, uh, Obama, you know, was a disciple of Saul Alinsky, as was Hillary Clinton, who came out with this new memoir or something like that where she's on video crying uh, about after reading about her what she would have said uh, in her victory speech in 2016. Like, anybody cares, right? This is a person that rigged the entire election with Perkins Coey covering up Seth Rich's murder and a whole host of other things. And she still lost, despite, I think, the origins of election rigging. And she still loses because she's a natural-born loser. She's never won a political race other than waltzing into the Minahan's Senate seat for New York State, New York, for New York. And that was after, I think, potentially, John John Kennedy was murdered uh, because John John would have beat her. Uh, And it turns out that John John's plane went down and he's dead. And it was very mysterious, very odd, the circumstances surrounding that. If you were to ever watch a, a YouTube, Uh, You you know uh, YouTube research on that. Uh, There are great videos on the John John Kennedy plane going down, and it's you know conspiratorial, yes, but you could look at that and you can definitely see it's plausible. And uh, you just got to keep an open mind. You know, be skeptical, but keep an open mind. In any case, she's never won. Anything. She lost to Obama. She lost to President Trump. And she barely won that U.S. Senate seat, but she didn't even win that because her opponent was taken down one way or the other. Natural born loser. But she studied under Saul Alinsky, as did Barack Obama. And so my theory was always about. Well, the, the good news about our republic and what makes it so difficult to overthrow a country like ours is that by the time you get done destroying uh, our country in order to build it up in the fashion that you see fit, which is what the theory is, the theory is you, do, you, you tear it down economically, militarily. And back in 2012 when... Donetsu D'Souza had that movie, Obama's America, 2016, what will America look like four years from now? Um, He was spot on. Uh, They were going to tear apart our military. They were going to change our demographics forever. They were going to weaken our infrastructure economically. And they were going to collapse our system. But for some reason, the American worker and the American middle class was stronger than they ever could have expected. And I always said, by the time they tear it down, <clears throat> the media will be on board and question everything, uh, and they'll lose in a landslide every election, and they'll lose power. And the people that will rebuild all their destruction back up would be the their opponents. So it would be the conservatives that would get the chance to build it back up after the, the liberals... And Democrats try their best to destroy us, to divide us, to destroy our economy, to reduce our military to to rubble, and to uh, engage in foreign policies that render us feckless, and to open our borders and change our demographics so drastically that we... The population would outnumber us. Every time a person walks through illegally and takes up and consumes our school systems, takes away from our children, every time they vote, it takes your vote and neutralizes it. If we don't start looking at this open border policy as the absolute enemy of our our state, we are going to lose. We need to stand up and look at it and say, would, do we want to fight them now, when they're building their empire, or do we? Uh, and, and they're still on stilts, or do we want them to build the foundation of power to where they're indestructible? I would rather get them now. I would rather fight back now. But I never dreamed that they would have a media that would be so in- complicit. I know I didn't think about the outside resources and, and and adversaries and entities that would exploit and empower such a corrupt system but if you were China and if you were Russia and if you were Iran say those are the three countries that hate us the most that see America as the thorny a uh, defense mechanism to to uh, fulfilling their goals. I mean, what stops China from expanding their reach in the in the in the Asian Peninsula? Whether it's uh, to crack down on the Uyghurs or or take over to Taiwan or even control further the Hong uh, the politics in Hong Kong and take away all their autonomy, uh, it would be the Americans who would go against the one-China policies and impact relations with Taiwan. And who's to stop Russia from getting into Ukraine? And again, it's NATO and it's the Americans. And it's our alliances. But if they could take America and bring it to its knees... And how do you bring America to its knees? You can't do it militarily. I was just speaking with somebody over the weekend, and you know they said we were talking about warfare and this is a military veteran who works in the you know state Department, and we're talking about something uh, during the Army Navy game as a matter of fact and what was interesting, the comment that was made was when we talked about military strategy as being so different, that it's no longer going to be about tanks and ships and and tanks and and military battalions and things like that. But kind of it is in Ukraine. It is about tanks and it is about ground warfare and infantry. And so we we really should be glad we have a, a strong military in that way. But for a long time, I even thought, you know, our, our assets are obsolete because we have so many tanks and so many bombs and so many missiles and so much conventional warfare equipment. What good is it now that we're dealing with clandestine operations and economic uh, sanctions and, and all kinds of different terrorism? You know, where it could be nine men that fly buildings into uh, world trade centers, fly planes into world trade centers and have the impact of 10 armies. And can weaken our Achilles heel, which could be our uh, Wall Street infrastructure for uh, our economy. Uh, Ransomware, where they can down our uh, ability to transport oil throughout half our country like Colonial Pipeline like did happen with the ransom or the beef industry raising our prices on foods that we need. You know, in all these different ways that you don't need tanks anymore. And the response I got was actually quite brilliant. They said, well, the reason why we don't need tanks anymore is because the other, our opponents basically knew that they could never beat us with our tanks. They could never beat us in a ground warfare. They could never beat us with our air coverage. They could never beat us with our Navy fleet. They couldn't beat us in a lot of these ways. Now, China challenges us with our Navy. They have a stronger Navy than we do right now. But we have air superiority and we have, uh, I think, uh, superior satellite strength. Space, force, technology, and so on and so forth. But the whole reason why we are no longer in need of conventional warfare is because militaries and our adversaries chose not to be testing us in our unbeatable state. Why go against a force you know would kill you? So we were too too strong to be tested everybody knew the outcome to going against our conventional warfare. So they chose a different path. They chose that of a guerrilla fighter. They chose that of a terrorist. They chose a lot of other ways to get at our Achilles heel rather than go head-to-head with us with tanks and missiles and air, air superiority. See? So the fact that it is an obsolete... Conventional war is more obsolete than ever before. It's because it's only because we dominated that area. If we were not dominant in that area, I would assure you that somebody would come back. Some country would come back with their conventional warfare technologies and infrastructure and challenge us. <clears throat> so it's only obsolete because nobody wants to challenge America's might. So that that was interesting, but the Cloward and Pivens thing—you tear it down, you break it down, you you uh, destroy our, you divide our country, you destroy our identity. Open borders does that. The people like uh, that supported Jesse Smollett, you know, falsely blaming MAGA country for white supremacy that never existed, you know, uh, McAuliffe did that with a bunch of Democrat operatives trying to post as poster boys for a uh, a Charlottesville cover. Um, basically carrying tor- tiki torches and khaki pants. Somehow this whole thing about wearing khaki pants and white shirts and tiki torches is reminiscent of Charlottesville where you had the so-called white supremacists going against the Black Lives Matter group and somehow somebody died. But the person who actually registered for that event was a Obama support. According to the Southern Lo- uh, Poverty Law Center, that was a liberal that got the paperwork for that event. So again, another false flag. But that was back when false flags were just starting to be done. We just saw a first, you know, First uh a false flag event uh with the FBI uh standing outside of uh Jesse Smollett trying to stoke the flames of division and rioting in uh Chicago. Uh or or after the Rittenhouse thing. It was Rittenhouse in Wisconsin, Kenosha, Wisconsin. They buried the story in when Winne- when Winne- 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 uh with the uh guy, uh, the black racist that was killing white people in the streets with his car um, and of course Black Lives Matter doubled down and said any, any outcome related to justice Smollett is still going to be considered white supremacy like they, they can win it all they'll win no matter what and the media would be all too comfortable in gaslighting America into thinking somehow that false flag attack on American uh, values that Jussie Smollett initiated uh, somehow had some merit with regard to white supremacy and it doesn't, it has none whatsoever. The fact that they have to create and make this stuff up means that they, they can't even find a group. And now all the pushers of that, uh, CNN, are, is collapsing. Chris Como is gone, Don Lemon will be gone, soon. But they're getting new reinforcements for their liberal agenda. Chris Wallace has decided to leave Fox uh news. <laughs> Good riddance, right? Decided to leave Fox News and go abroad go abroad to CNN, right? And so he's gonna have his show and do whatever. But you know, he had such low ratings over at Fox News. I would imagine the feeling was mutual. And why not? Chris Chris Cuomo, I mean Chris uh, Wallace is not Mike Wallace, his father. But tearing things down and breaking them up, I just thought sooner or long it'll catch up with them and you know, you'll see certain things. Well, what's happening in terms of uh, the Republican movement? The conservative movement, the Trump movement, which is even further unique and more specific to the conservative movement, is that not only are the poll numbers for a guy that supposedly got 81 million votes down to like the lowest uh, in history, 28 to 26 to 28 percent approval rating. And the only thing that's skewing in those numbers is they're saying that his COVID performance is good, but if you were to dissect the COVID performance, you would see that that's probably the worst of it all. That Fauci is the guy that somehow is well liked still, and he's the guy that financed the game of gain of function research that led to this whole catastrophe that crushed the world. And the lies that they've told with regard to transient inflation only to find out that it's permanent inflation. Nobody even wants to cover that. The Federal Reserve finally had to admit it. And then you got this inflation, which is the worst thing that could ever happen to an economy where salaries aren't going up at all. The middle class is getting crushed. Is this inflation. And it does seem to be biflation, which is to target one group more dramatically than any other group with regard to meat consumption and gas consumption and all these things that seem to benefit the green initiative. So they've priced out of uh, proportion things that actually impact the environment according to them. And I think that there's something there. You know, I was thinking um, about that, you know, in our hearts, hearts and thoughts and prayers go out to the victims in Kentucky and their families with the tornado. But I was thinking just before that happened, actually, it was thinking about this on Friday and uh, I was thinking about this and I was thinking because I saw this one YouTube video a couple of years back. And this guy put together a really great video presentation. You know, he's been banned on uh, YouTube. Um, But his channel was called Where We Go One, We Go All. But he put together this really interesting video. I wish there was a way to get access to it. But... He put it together and he was talking about all the catastrophes and all the hurricanes and all the tornadoes and all the fires out west and all the catastrophes in Puerto Rico that President Trump had to deal with. And then you look at the hurricanes under Biden and there haven't been any. There hasn't been really one major hurricane. Now, this tornado came out of nowhere, but... In Kentucky. And it's odd that it's December. So a lot of oddities going on with this uh, tornado. But uh, I will tell you that, you know, I think a lot of this stuff can be, inst- uh, I think it can be in some way controlled. Just like they were talking about steering hurricanes and things like that. I think there is some science to that. I, I'm not an expert in the area, and so I can't really speak about it. I would have to get some experts on to talk to them about it. But it did that did seem that that one hurricane that was going toward Mar-a-Lago did shift north real quick, did a U, almost a U-turn. But it did, it did seem like there was out of proportion, like that they were trying to slow Trump's agenda down. And they did it with the Russian hoax. They did it with the Ukrainian phone call. They did it with all the different investigations to their sons, his sons. And they did it in so many different ways to try to slow the initiative down. But the good news is something like a state like Florida uh, is seeing for the first time is seeing more registration uh, for Republicans than Democrats. So this is the kind of thing that I was hoping for, is I was hoping that you would start to see people wake up and say this Cloward of Piven destruction of our country is, uh, you know, too much. So ABC News writes, In Florida, for the first time in modern history, Registered Republican voters outnumbered Democrats. So Ned Ryan writes, Florida is rapidly moving out of battleground status and into a firmly red state. And I would like to say that maybe Texas is like that and we don't have to worry about Texas. It would be nice to just win those two big states outright and focus our resources on their blue wall. And and take back and take what is ours for the people of those states, like Michigan, Wisconsin. I can't imagine that Minnesota and Wisconsin right now are all too happy about the Democrat policies. You know, with Governor Whitmer in Michigan and all the racial division going on in Wisconsin, that's not their cup of tea. They see with their own eyes, what's going on. And they also see the mainstream media lying to them. And I think that, if anything, we've done a good job in pointing all of that out. And it's important that we do. And so I think that in some way they aren't going to make it. And it's funny, but, you know, a little bit of a spoof, DeSantis is proposing $8 million in budget to relocate the illegal immigrants to Delaware and Martha's Vineyard. How about that? To Barack Obama and company. That's what they should do. That's absolutely what they should do. But they're not quitting. And they're getting lots of money and they have lots of power. And Benny Johnson says every single state must ban the National Education Association right now. So the nea teachers union's lawyer bob shannon at 2009 nea national convention it is not because we care about children and it's not because we have a vision of great public school uh, a great public school for every child the nea and its affiliates are effective advocates because we have power this was a, about 10 years ago let's take a listen to this one more time because um, let's listen to it in his own words because this is the kind of thing we've seen with the teachers' unions, especially when it comes to mandates and CDC regulations. But let's take a listen. To My
1: final and most important point, which is why, at least in my opinion, NEA and its affiliates are such effective advocates. Despite what some among us would like to believe, It is not because of our creative ideas. It is not because of the merit of our positions. It is not because we care about children, and it is not because we have a vision of a great public school for every child. NEA and its affiliates are effective advocates because we have power, and we have power because there are more than 3.2 million people who are willing to pay us hundreds of millions of dollars in dues each year because they believe that we are the unions that can most effectively represent them. The unions that can protect their rights and advance their interests as education employees.
2: And it became abusive power, didn't it? That's the scary part. That's the scary part. It became abusive power. Too much so that, you know, here's Jake Tapper with uh, Amy Klobuchar, where they're complaining that Ted Cruz is sitting next to Amy Klobuchar with his mask off. But here's Jake Tapper and Amy Klobuchar. Talking with their something masks Something
0: that happened uh, Friday uh, that I wanted to ask you about, if we can bring up the picture. Um, you were at the uh, funeral for former Senator Bob Dole, and you were seated, there's, there you are. You're seated next to a Republican Senator, Ted Cruz, um, who, as everybody can see, is not masked, despite rules at the National Cathedral requiring all guests to wear masks indoors. Now, you're a breast cancer survivor, um, you're still recovering, I guess. Uh,
3: I'm I'm 100 percent. You're 100 percent
0: better, but you're still at risk of infection because of uh, because of this this fight that you you won. What was going through your mind there where Ted Cruz pulls up next to you and doesn't have a mask on, even though the rules are, please wear a mask to protect you. You wear the masks to protect
3: other people. Mm -hmm. Um, I think people should wear masks, especially when they're in settings when they're supposed to. I think part of our duty as civic leaders Um, is actually to model behavior, um, because it's not just about masks, it's also about vaccines. And Ted Cruz, you know, he's gotten a vaccine, he gets that. Um, And part of what I don't want to get lost here is why we were there. We were there to honor uh, Bob Dole and his memory. Bob Dole was all about consensus, bringing people together, and let's not forget that. And one of the things I learned at that funeral, which I didn't know, uh, was that Bob Dole was actually strongly supportive of establishing the MLK holiday. He was supportive of civil rights legislation. He did courageous things that were against the grain when called upon. Yeah. Uh, and in his words, he actually um, once said um, that the, that when you look at these things and when you look at what's, what's happening in our country, uh, that courage uh, is about bringing people together, right? And he was someone that I think we need to think about as we take on, I just watched that incredible debate you had, was <laughs> we take on these things in our country that we have to find consensus when we can.
0: There's uh, something that happened uh, Friday. Uh, the- All
2: right, so there it is. So she actually covered for Ted Cruz a little bit. But here's Jake Tapper trying to make a big deal out of something that's not a big deal. The guy sitting behind Ted Cruz at the funeral had his mask down around his chin. So, you know, what is up with these, you know, this whole concept of masks? Everybody knows masks don't work. Just look at the meme that says, oh, what are you doing? You're putting up a chain-link fence. Yeah, I'm putting up a chain-link fence to stop mosquitoes from coming into my yard. And, of course, everybody knows a mosquito can fly right through the chain-link fence. And the and the, and the joke is that's exactly what it is to try to, you know, a nanocrom, you know, whatever the smallest size is of a microbacterial virus, viral infection, it's uh, so small that the masks we use, it says right on the box that they're not safe. They're not designed for what they say we should be using them for. And anything that would be of a certain design uh, I think impacts the air that we breathe, number one and number two they 're rather expensive cost prohibitive, but masks don 't work, you know uh, fauci said, yeah, you end up fidgeting, you put your face on your uh, hands on your face more than you ever would before, but a lot of science has gone into uh, the acknowledgement that the air that we recycle. You know, because uh, Brian Kilmeade said this last week, and, you know, it was a good point that he made. He made it in passing as part of another point that he was making. And he said, yeah, he said we we breathe out to exhale. Duh. But what are we exhaling? You know, a lot of times we're exhaling um, things we don't want in our body. Our body has a natural way of exhaling and throwing out that which we don't want. Whether we clear our throat and spit or whatever, it's part of what we do as people to protect ourselves. As soon as you put a mask on, you're trapping that air. And I believe there is more science to this than we've even seen. But I think if we were to, you know, really get to the bottom of it, there's a lot of health issues that come up as it relates to masks. And this whole notion about, you know, nobody's getting the flu anymore is another notion that says that we uh, are not counting, we're counting flu as a variant. And speaking of variants, uh, apparently uh, the first person died of in uh, one of our New England states. I forget which one. It might have been Maine or somewhere like that, or New York. am not sure. Or Massachusetts, but the first person died of a omicron Omicron, uh, strain variant. And these new variants, you know, they keep changing, and they got like, you know, one has thirty-two mutations, and the other has twelve, and the other has fifteen. All these different variations. And they were saying this: they were saying that the majority of people they're getting. These mutations, these Omicron mutations, are Republicans. I mean, I'm sorry, not Republicans are Republicans. That's a mistake. Are fully vaccinated. So, you know what's that about? So I'm going to try to find that little factoid, but um, but it, but it is quite important. quite interesting. Um, that that the major major. Uh, People that are getting this. And so you wonder, you know, one of the things that the vaccine does is takes away your antibodies. And so there was concern about that. Um, there's also concern about um, the way the vaccinated are mut- mutating the virus. And it's a very mild virus to people that are unvaccinated, but. For people that are vaccinated they're getting it, and you're you're seeing that the people that are getting sick are mostly vaccinated, you know, so it's just something to uh something to think about so I'm going to read a couple of these tweets that uh popped up over the weekend and um and I want to get to these because I'm also going to get to another clip that I want to play from Stephen Miller uh here soon, so just bear with me. But Cambry writes, the real shortage we have in this country is not wood, chicken, or gasoline. It's leadership, courage, and common sense. And Charlie Kirk writes, despite our wide open borders, New York City will soon grant voting rights to 800,000 non-citizens. This is set to become law in America's largest city. Our republic is being taken away from us before our eyes. If you can't see that, you're not paying attention. You know, and the liberals, I guess, like it because they're getting reinforcements. So the liberals are okay with it because they know that the people that they're importing to to vote are all going to vote Democrat. (coughs) So Thomas Massey writes this, and this is actually kind of important um, CDC said that of the 43 cases attributed attributed to Omicron variant, 34 people had been vo- fully vaccinated. This was the point. <clears throat> Fourteen were boosted. Six people had previously been infected with the coronavirus. So this is according to Reuters. Most reported U.S. Omicron cases have hit The fully vaccinated, according to the CDC, as reported by Reuters. So cases caused by the Omicron variant identified in the United States so far were in people who are fully vaccinated. That's a lot. 43 cases attributed to Omicron. 34 people have been fully vaccinated. I don't know what the non-vaccinated is, but it's a large number. It means that why in the world would you have a mandate on vaccine policy where the vaccines aren't protecting you against any strain or variant? And that you might be better off without the vaccination because you have the microantibodies, you have the antibodies. Just like we were saying, we reported a month ago about Red Cross saying they don't want, they want blood donations But they don't want blood donations from vaccinated because they lack the microantibodies that they're seeking for COVID patients. Thomas Sowell writes, one of the biggest taxes is one that is not even called a tax. It's inflation. When the government spends money that it creates, like cash that's printed on a printing press, it is transferring part of the value of your money to themselves. And that's exactly what's happening. If you just sat on your money uh, in a mattress over the last 40 years, your money would depreciate. It would not appreciate. So you would lose how much money during this time. So the Democrats put out this Jobs created in the first 10 months of the presidency, according to Joe Biden. And they were somehow saying that Joe Biden's outpacing everybody. Interestingly, they didn't put Obama down there. They didn't put Jimmy Carter down there. They put Bill Clinton down there. They just put Trump and uh, other, uh, all the way back to Reagan. Trump and the Bushes. And that's what they were comparing it to. They, so they didn't compare it to anyone else because they didn't want to bash, I guess, Obama or anyone else. But they took this all the way back to Reagan. Incidentally, inflation goes all the way back to Carter. The inflation that's going on today, 6.8, 6.9%, is the highest it's been in 40 years, which takes you all the way back to the Carter era, when we had gas lines and high gas prices, oil prices, and the whole ball of wax. We're back there now. That's where we are. They say it's 40 years. Think about it 40 years. That's 1980. That's exactly when Reagan took office. And Reagan had the trickle down economics doing exactly what Trump was doing. And it worked. And we were prosper. We had prosperity, and they tried to take Reagan out, didn't they? They tried to sh- shoot him. In the first sixty-three or sixty-nine days of his presidency, there was an assassination attempt. They had bo- they got hit with a bullet, Hinckley. But the woke people really don't know what they're talking about. So here's this guy named McGinnis. He's a former old radio show host. And uh, so he had this interview with this uh, libtard woman, right? And, oh, so Joe Joe Conga writes to that point that I just made about that. He says, these jobs, the jobs that they're touting in terms of Biden, these jobs weren't created. People simply went back to their pre-pandemic jobs. The Democrats know this, of course, but continue to insult collective intelligence at a uh, breathtaking pace. Example of intelligence insult is the fact that Obama and Clinton were omitted from this graph. (coughs) So that's another thing. Let's take a listen to this woke person who's basically trying to say, white people in America created a system that's broken. And so then they cite European countries. And the countries she cited In Europe, this woke girl, right? This liberal girl. The countries she cited in Europe, they were whiter by demographic than that of the United States. So the only countries that she could state had better systems than America, the America flawed white system, she could only recite or refer to countries that were whiter than ours and she sits there with a blank face not being able to answer the final uh question let's take a listen
4: white people are evil white people suck we should be ashamed of ourselves
3: and i don't think we we should be ashamed of ourselves i think that we should take responsibility for the system that we've created best system in the world we do not have the best system who has a better system (laughs) there are many european countries that have are much better off Oh, than you us. mean like
4: the w- European countries with a higher density of whites, like Northern Europe.
3: <laughs> uh, that's one way to phrase it, I guess.
4: You don't mean Turkey. No. <laughs> you don't mean Eastern Europe no. with the communists. So the only time you can come up with a system that's better than America, it's a country that's more white than America.
2: Blank face. <laughs> Empty stare. I don't I'm, understand. Uh, I don't know what to say to that, so. I don't know what to say to that, she said. (laughs) Oh, it's just priceless. These people don't think, folks. (laughs) They don't think. I thought that was so funny when I saw it. I had to share it with you. I know it doesn't come across the radio as well as the visual, but trust me, she looked the part, too. Unbelievable. So Donald Trump was talking about the Army-Navy game that I was watching over the weekend. So Donald Trump Jr. tweets this out. He says, I heard from Reliable Inside Resources that Joe Biden is not going to the Army-Navy game to avoid the Let's Go Brandon chance." I believe that's true. I was surprised. You know, it was uh, in the Meadowlands. It was a beautiful day. You know, the weather was just right. The game was spectacular, although my team lost. I was rooting for Army. And, uh, but the game was really good. And uh, the crowd was just fantastic. You know, the Army-Navy game is America's game. I watch it every year. I go to it live whenever I can. Last time I went, though, went, though I about froze my butt off. It was the coldest day of my life. Um, and we got there early, you know, to see the military come in and everything. Um, it was brutal. Trust me. So one day, one year I went, I got to shake hands with the president walking across the line at, at halftime. That was President Bush right after 9-11. That was exciting too. Uh, but in any case, I believe that Don, uh, Joe Biden didn't go because he didn't want to risk, let's go Brandon or F Joe Biden because he is such an unliked character. Uh, and they must have had some uh they must have had some uh focus groups or they must have had some researchers indicate that that was likely to ha happen for him to not have gone uh There was nothing else going on for them this weekend, so the only excuse I could think is just that. So of course it was big news, you know that people were tweeting up. Chris Wallace joined CNN, proving Trump right again. Trump was right about Chris Wallace all along, wasn't he? But we all didn't like Chris Wallace, didn't we? And Chuck Colester writes breaking report: Texas deputy James Jones comes out of coma after ivermectin treatment. Tells his wife, "I love you." Had a conversation over the weekend, and it's still. The case that there are hospitals that would basically not give you ivermectin and allow you to die right before their eyes than to try this drug. When in fact, Dana White and Joe Rogan all said microantibodies, inundate yourself with that, and take ivermectin and see what happens. Get tested. Treat it early. Don't wait 10 days in isolation. Be proactive. Take the ivermectin. Take the microantibodies. Get them from your doctor. Call them. Tell them it's an emergency. Tell them you need that and get to order you a script for it and get it as soon as you can get it and take it and save yourself. If you do get this Mutated strain from the vaccinated that's killing people. It's very possible that we can make that argument. That the vaccinated people who acquired, uh, who are fighting, uh, taking a synthetic our DNA to combat themselves against a man-made virus that was part of gain-of-function research, that was engineered by man, not natural origin, is somehow mutating in a way that's unnatural. The mutations are not expected. They're not what would normally happen in in the nature of things. By the way, ask yourself this question. Tim Young tweets this out. Has a vaccine ever required four doses in a year before? Has a vaccine ever required four doses in a year before? Ever. Ever. And it's not even a vaccine. It's an experiment where you're the guinea pig. So many people are reporting all these side effects. And they're not even tracking the data with regard to breakthrough uh, infections because they know that those numbers would be through the roof. CDC's not doing it. We have to go to Israel and elsewhere to get that data. Eric Matheny, he writes... Biden skipped the Army-Navy game because his handlers were afraid a let us go Brandon! chant would break out. Blair White writes, if you're not allowed to question it, it's not science, it's propaganda. Again, has a vaccine ever required four doses in a year before? The answer is no. And the question is, if you're not allowed to question it, it's not science. It's propaganda. We're not allowed to talk about it. And if we do, we get banned on Twitter and banned on Facebook. Dr. Eli David writes, COVID is a deadly pandemic. You ready? COVID is a deadly pandemic. This is Dr. Eli David. COVID is a deadly pandemic. It killed science, logic, evidence-based medicine, and common sense. It killed them all. It killed all of those things. And that's scary in and of itself. All right, so Jack Posobiec writes, here is Chris Como and the CNN senior producer who was just arrested for raping children. This was the uh, this guy at CNN that got, uh, senior producer got ra- uh, arrested for raping children at CNN and cat turd writes it's time to shut down CNN Raffi writes the fact that a public official can unilaterally suspend elective surgeries blame it on the public and get absolutely zero pushback from a media that reflexively laps it all up just profoundly dark stuff it's true and again, we wrote that, uh, we, we tweeted that out about the Florida thing. Now, how many minutes do we have? I'm going to try to, uh, we don't have a lot of time to run this uh, video, but I want to get to one part of it. Stephen Miller was talking about what Joe Biden single-handedly did. Let's take a listen.
5: So I want to start off with the border, Stephen, because we are seeing this border crisis expand way beyond Texas. In fact, when I came back from my second trip to the border, I've been there three times. The second trip, the one issue that I kept hearing so much was that it was going into Arizona. The gotaways are in Arizona. And now we're seeing the Yuma, uh, Arizona situation worsen. What can you tell us?
4: Yes. Well, I'm in close touch with a number of my former colleagues in the Department of Homeland Security who have been sounding the alarm for months now that the situation in Yuma, Arizona is completely out of control. Yuma, Arizona is under siege. Remember, the population of Arizona is a fraction of the population of Texas, about 7 million in Arizona compared to Texas, 30 million. So this is bombarding an extremely small state compared to the size of Texas. So they're totally, completely overwhelmed. And there's two people Two people in this country responsible for this crisis, and that's Senator Mark Kelly and Senator Kirsten Cinema. Let me tell you how Washington works when you have a 50-50 split Senate. One phone call from either Senator Cinema or Senator Kelly to the White House that simply says... I'm a no on nominations, I'm a no on legislation, and I'm a no on build back better until you end catch and release, and Biden folds. He folds. The fact that they haven't made that phone call, the fact that they haven't even called publicly for an end to catch and release is monstrous. It is unforgivable. So if you're a citizen of this country, whether you live in Arizona or not, understand, either one of those two people has the power with one phone call to shut this down, and I pray, I pray that they will change their mind and do so.
5: Yeah, I mean to be fair, this morning, just this morning, we have statements from Kristen Sinema and from Mark Kelly saying that they are going to be watching the developments. That they have asked the administration to get a hold and get some immigration policy in place. But you're right. I mean, now we're getting these statements from these two senators. We haven't heard anything about this before. This. I mean, yeah, I mean- this. Yeah.
4: Look, I've been doing this for many years. Those statements mean literally nothing, zero. Asking for more resources means send more people to release people more quickly into our communities. Unless your elected official is saying, end, catch and release, restore the Trump policy of detain and deport, which worked like a miracle, it's meaningless. So again, does Senator Sinema support continuing or abolishing catch and release? Does Mark Kelly support continuing or abolishing catch and release? Because as long as catch and release persists, the whole world, hundreds and hundreds of cities, thousands and thousands of regions, the whole world is going to be descending on Arizona's border, over 100 countries from across planet Earth. They have the power to stop it by saying no support for nominees, no support for legislation, no support for Build Back Better unless catch-and-release ends and they won't do it.
5: Well, I just, I find that extraordinary. I think you make such an important point, and I'm going to focus on these two senators uh, and what they're doing from here on out because we have seen nothing Uh, up until now. And Texas, as you mentioned, uh, doesn't even have that kind of leverage that you actually see the leverage that they have in Arizona. What do you make of where we are? We've got 600,000 gotaways this fiscal year, Stephen, 2 million people having been apprehended. And by the way, it could be many more than 600,000. These are the, this is an estimate. Obviously, we don't know for sure because they got away.
4: Right. Those
2: are, those are, right. And, uh, you know, that's a good point, though. That's exactly how our government should work, is Kelly and Cinema are the two U.S. senators that actually could make a difference and basically stonewall and block the Biden agenda. If they really cared about being these moderate Democrats to win in a red state, which Arizona is, to win that red state seat back, Sort of like what Joe Manchin's doing, flipping out over backwards, bending over backwards. The biggest problem I have with the entire thing is they turned a blind eye to due process and tried to impeach Donald Trump, even despite the fact that he did nothing wrong. I'll never forgive anybody who's done that, whether they're Republican or Democrat. But if they want any chance of winning back their seat in a state like Arizona— They need to stand up to the president, and with their two votes, they could single-handedly save their state. And if they choose to do nothing but talk and blow in the wind, then they should be voted out of office. Hey, that brings us to the end of our uh, show, the Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. And uh, uh, with that, my name is Scott Adams, and we'll see you next time on the radio. Bye-bye, everybody.
4: I'm from a small town in Tennessee A long way from the suits in D.C. But close enough now to see this mess Where I stand, the mound's getting steeper They grab a shovel, dig a hole a little deeper Just to bury my kids right up to there